Oh, man, does it smell good in here. Edgar from Bonton Bakery just dropped off a wicked care package. We got the apple cinnamons, the blueberries. We got the banana chocolate muffins. We got the scones. We got the banana. Uh, Eddie, you got a whole other thing that you're uh, taking to JPL whole, now. A whole care package for the drive. I got the monkey bread. Oh, you know Edgar, the, the products are amazing. Products are amazing, but the people over at Bonton—that's what makes it so special. Yeah. shout out to them. Oh, so man. special. Thank you, Edgar. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, everybody that's uh, been working all morning. I mean, like it just like it's—he just took it out of the oven, Eddie. Yeah. Wow. It's fresh. The boxes, unbelievable. He shows up here and he says, "Careful, the boxes are still a little hot." Yeah. And he brought he, he brought some cookies for Duke for the eleven o'clock hour, Duke. Are you happy about that? I'm pumped, and I'm not sharing. <laughs> I'm uh, going to take those home uh, once I dip into the briar this afternoon. I like to put the cookies in the microwave for uh, for like 15 Ooh. seconds, then a scoop of ice cream or two on top. Oh, Duke, so it's now like, we're It's talking, like a luxury Duke. dessert We're at talking, home. Duke. Yeah. We're talking. Speck's losing his mind right now. Uh, let's do uh, On The Mark. Powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. That's what a guy needs to wash this down is a little booster juice smoothie right now. Hey, Speck, wouldn't you like to be in the studio this morning? Man, Bonton Bakery. I wonder if they're still utilizing child labor like they did back in 1977. <laughs> I was sweep, sweeping floors in there for two bucks an hour. <laughs> man, oh, man. It's funny. Now you guys are getting all the fruits of my labor. Yeah, my labor. on your back. Well, Edgar's going to have to get you in there and give you a couple of these uh, monkey breads. They're out of this world. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how this started. Like, we, we were just talking about Eddie proposing <laughs> with to Steph. Speck, with and Speck. Speck's on talking about washing the silver bowls and sweeping the yeah, floors. And I boom. did. Here and look are. at you now, Speck. First ever job, man. First ever job between grade, at the end of grade six, I got that job. Re- worked it all summer into grade seven. <laughs> nice. How many hours a day did you work? I don't know, like... You know, you'd ride your bike up there. Like yeah. back in the day, it was about a 18, 20 block bike ride for me. No problem. Your parents just said, okay, have a good day. 12 years old, riding your bike. And, you know, you'd work a four, six, not an eight hour shift, yeah. I doubt. I'm too young for that. But I mean, the old guy was paying you two bucks an hour. He probably would have had me in there all day <laughs> thinking back. Hey, Speck, I'm going to Jasper this weekend with my wife. Any, uh, any advice on places to go other than uh, pizza parlors at 1 in the morning? Yeah, no, go to Marmot and ski. I saw some video up there. There's a ton of snow at Marmot all of a sudden, man. Are you skiing? No, we're not skiing, no. Oh, Eddie, come on, man. Man, it's our first trip away uh, since having kids, man, eight years, so skiing is not high on the priority list. Yeah, okay, I got you. Well, then, what are you asking me for? Well, I'll tell you what, Speck, uh, Eddie should have been listening to our John Scott interview yesterday. Oh, what did he say? I didn't hear John Scott, I didn't hear it. <laughs> well, his wife's expecting their eighth child. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? They got eight kids? Yeah. Uh, 12 years old is the oldest, and oh. there's a there's twins, so... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's wow. Just the way he said it, like we all were kind of stunned yesterday a little bit. What's he going for one of these TV shows? Or I don't know exactly, but I mean, and I've, I've, you've never heard a guy happier. He yeah, was just. It, it wow. gets to the point where the kids take care of themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. They yeah. take over the house. They're telling you what to do at that stage, I think. Uh, so you heard that the Leafs acquired Kale McCarr last night, eh? 
<laughs> That's funny. I did see David Alter, my old buddy, is writer out in Vancouver, referring to him as owning something called a bush bomb oh, man. because they call Lilla Bushkin bush, and I corrected on Twitter that unless this guy's leading the league in 90 mile an hour shots, he's better find a new name for his shot because the old one, Bush Bomb, seems to be taken by the real bomb guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Only uh, Toronto. No. Only Toronto. Yeah. That, and right? it was like Only the Toronto. biggest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Yeah. The Duke's the big Ducks guy. And I asked him about. Was it two weeks ago, Duke? I asked him. I asked you, how good is this? You know, how good is this guy? And you went, oh, I don't know. It's like a sixth defenseman. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. really well liked. First of all, he's one of these Russian cats that likes to have fun and has a great sense of humor. So everyone loves him. Wherever he plays, everybody loves the guy. He's uh, he's kind of he plays a, a physical game and like he'll put his glove in your face. He'll push you around a little bit. So that's all fun. But in the playoffs, he, he's a five-six guy for sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about his foot speed. I'm not sure how great it is from what I've watched and heard. So, does he, you know what? He, frankly, the Oilers are probably going to pick up a, a bigger 5'6 guy. And, you know, we're going to talk about him at some point. But mm-hmm. uh, this guy ain't Kiel McCarr, pal. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, also last night, Speck, uh, L.A. beats Vancouver 5-1. And I think you said something this morning or last night, too, that the, now the Canucks, it's their turn to have a little bit of a lull. Yeah. Well, and this is where we learn about a team, right? This is where you learn. Like, it's easy when everything's going your way. You know, now it's not going Vancouver's way. They've got some distractions off the ice with this Pedersen stuff. The story comes out that they were talking, they were pretty deep into trade talks with California or Carolina. And now they're struggling. Things aren't going great. Demko's not stopping everything. And the defense is kind of looking a little little shaky over there. Mm. So this is where you learn about your team. You know, Rick Tockett said last night after the game, he says, I hate stats because stats, good stats come when you play as a team and you play well, you get good stats. When you have bad stats and you start chasing stats, you get to where we are now. So, yeah, I think they lost six out of seven, Kev. So, yeah. you know what? It's time for Vancouver to have a little rocky road like everybody else has had this year. Yeah. And when you lose, the noise starts coming and it makes it even harder because everybody's talking about it. You start thinking about it. That much tougher. Well, yeah. Like you've been, you're the only pro athlete among us here, Ed. Do you like? Does you know that Vancouver media? There's lots of them, and they chatter and chatter. There's a lot of noise out in the West Coast for sure. Uh, does that stuff truly make it in the room? Can you actually block it out? What do you think? No, oh, without a question, it makes it in the room. We're all human, and that's the reality. I love when guys say they get off social media and all that because, yeah, to a degree it helps, but at the same time, you're not that unaware of society and your own personal game if you're struggling that you know people aren't talking about it. So, of course, it gets into a room. Uh, of course, I-, I know for myself, my experience when I've had some poor performances or, you know, I've been worried about my job security. Uh, I tense up, I tighten up. I'm not as communicative with my teammates. I kind of draw back and I don't, I'm not really as social. I'll go to a meeting and then I'll sit in my locker room. I'm not joking around with the guys and that's how it would affect me. So there's no doubt about it. It creeps into locker rooms. Speck, you see that like, I mean, next week you're going to be on the road for the Oilers uh, with the Oilers and um, it, every time you see a trade trade deadline and that those days coming up to it, 
you can feel that tension that Eddie's talking about a little bit. On the road, is it different than you think at home? Well, no. Like, I think it's a... Same? I would say no, it's not different. Because guys are... Everyone's so connected now. So, let's say... You know what? Let's say you're Cody CC. Right. And Cody's a, like, I don't know if people out there know that this, but he's really, really well liked in the team. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife, have, they've been there a long time. They got kids They're They're part of the social fabric. They, you know, and, and the wives are a big deal here, guys. That's a real uh, thing. That's a real the, thing. The spec. wives, like, it's the old happy wife, happy life. That applies to a hockey team, too. Don't mm-hmm. think for a second it doesn't. So here's what I'm saying. Even if Cody can block out the fact that a lot of people are throwing his name around, right? If the Oilers want a top four defenseman, a top two defenseman, someone's salary has to go out. It's going to be Cody Cece's. Even if he can block it out, you know, are his his extended family blocking it out? What about his wife? Is she blocking it out? What about his wife's friends? What about his wife's sister? You know, what about his wife's parents? Are Mm -hmm. they texting her? Hey, I heard a rumor. Or, hey, I heard this. If if Cody's wife and I don't know Cody's wife and don't yeah. misquote me that I'm I'm not saying what's going on with her because I don't know her but I'm telling you this if a player's wife is freaked out at the deadline the player can get freaked out at the deadline and it's it's hard it's a hard time for people whose name are in the the circuit all the time it's hard the the player can block it out sure but can everybody he knows not block it out. I don't know, man. It's a tough time. That's such a good point. Yeah, really uh, well stated, Spec. Um, Oilers in Seattle tomorrow. It's a 2 o'clock game. Seattle beat Pittsburgh last night 2-0. Uh, Phil Grubar was great in goal. Now he's coming back, and Joey Decord's been very good. Uh, I was talking to Billy Ranford about Joey Decord up in the press box the other night, and, uh, yeah, obviously he likes him. So right now, the you know, the, the Kraken are rolling out two pretty good goaltenders whenever they see the ice, but uh, what do you make of tomorrow's tilt? Uh, the Oilers in Seattle for an afternoon tilt. Well, the one thing that interests me is Jordan Eberle on the, uh, yeah. you know, here's an Oilers team talking about a right winger on their second line. Is there a better guy out there than Jordan Eberle? So now, I mean, he's a pending UFA. He's obviously got great Edmonton roots. Uh, it's all about where Seattle is in the standings, right? That's what it is. Uh, it's all about is Seattle has, they're one of the, they're the classic team guys that's, I don't know how many points they are below the playoff cut, the wild card right now. Are they like seven. six back? Yeah, seven. Seven. So this is a huge week. If they lose to the Oilers, if they lose their next game, they might just say, hey, it's time. So mm-hmm. uh, everybody watch uh, watch Jordan Everly play on Saturday. How much is he uh, made? I was watching their game. Six Sorry, and man. a half. Uh, Eddie just Sorry, asked how much he made. Sorry. Eddie, Eddie just asked how much does Jordan Everly make, and I said six and a half. Okay, so they keep three and a quarter. Everybody's doing what the Leafs did yesterday, where you bring in a third team, and the Oilers end up getting a quarter of that. Sorry, uh, right? Yeah, that's five and a half. Pardon me. It's, so he's making five and yeah. a half. So half of that is two point seven five. Half of two point seven five is one. Call it one point four, just for fun. The Oilers can afford one point four, mm-hmm. right? But do you so, do you like the fit here? Is he do you, do we not need a little more size and grit going into well, the playoffs? Hey, there's two things he, Ken Hall is looking for up front. He's looking for a right winger and a second line, or he's looking for size and grit. If you think you can find a big, gritty, 
second line right winger. Yeah, you're, God, God bless you. You're going to the KHL. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> They're not all coming in the same package. So I'm not. This isn't me saying it's gonna happen, but this is me saying this guy certainly checks a bunch of boxes. Like, could you imagine Ebbs? Ebbs taking passes from dry, uh, dry settle. Let's. I don't mind that fit too much. Okay, so with that being said, Speck, and I'm not looking to get you in a trap or anything like that, who on this yep. roster would you trade? Who are, the, the, who are the ones that you would? Because there's a big pool that you wouldn't trade. Who are the ones that you would trade yeah. in a deal? So this is what makes it tougher this year for Ken Holland. A year ago, he had Jesse Pugliarvi make it $3 bucks. He traded him out for nothing in return, and presto, I got $3 million of cap space right uh he doesn't have that obvious guy this year on the blue line if you bring in a big if you're bringing in the equivalent of last year's Ekholm, this year's tyson berry going out as cody cc that's just what it is he mm-hmm. makes a bunch of money he can make a dent in your av mm-hmm. up front geez guys like now you're digging into a guy like warren fogel but this team likes warren fogel mm-hmm. right warren's a big part of things here like you know what he's i'm not saying he's untradeable nobody's untradeable but man they don't want to trade warren fogel they don't have eddie they don't have that obvious big chunk of money up front like they had with Pugliarvi last year that's going out mm-hmm. that guy doesn't exist on this roster this year hey speck are you uh heading out to do the frontier fremont thing this weekend Frontier Fremont, what's yeah, that? Out at the cabin, you know, chopping oh. wood, carrying water. <laughs> I thought you were talking like Fremont Street in Vegas. I was like, oh, you, <laughs> no, no. you got a plan? Frontier Fremont's <laughs> that guy back in the day, had the big beard, wore the lumberjack Frontier jackets, Fremont. the whole bit, you know. Yeah, I'm going to go out. There's fresh snow out there. It's time to fire up a sled. I got a couple hockey games, so it won't be too much time. But uh, let's uh, let's get out and enjoy the great outdoors, boys. Come no on, doubt. get up that chair. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, oh. Kev. I'll be taking a hike. What are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm making ribs. <laughs> oh, making ribs. There yeah. you go. I might make ribs too, but... Uh, it's a little shoveling. I think there's, I need some help out there with a the shovel, Kev, if you're free. Okay, sounds good. I'll be out there tomorrow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have a great weekend, Spec. We'll talk to you at either 820 or 840 on Monday because you're heading out to Boston, right? So yep. we've uh, we've got you slotted in at 820 because you got to get through customs. We'll leave yep. that 840 window just in case. Perfect. Thanks, boys. Have a great weekend, everybody. Yep. You too, Spec. Uh, that's uh, on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, man, we're going to talk some curling with a guy that has done and seen it all. Russ Howard, two-time world champion, two-time Briar champion, Olympic gold medalist. He's done it all, and he's calling the games this weekend for TSN at the Briar in Regina. That's coming up. Kevin Carey's Eddie Steele, Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, yeah. Playlist Friday, Duke. Sammy Kershaw, your buddy? Is that who that is? George Jones. Is it George Jones? They got the same twang going. Is it a remake of George's? Cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Good stuff, though. Uh, Time now for our headliner of the day. Brought to you by Mr. Rooter Plumbing. Getting snakes deep and giving 110% day in and day out. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. We welcome in Russ Howard to Sports 1440. Russ, you're with uh, Kevin Carius and former Great Cup champion and played in Regina many times. Uh, Eddie Steele, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. 
You bet. My pleasure. Well, Russ, I have to kind of um, ask you for just your patience to tell you a story from the first briar I covered in 1992, and it was in Regina. So <laughs> are you are you the type of guy first that you're, you're a big golfer too, that you remember every game, every shot, both in curling and golf? It seems that's the only sport that everyone remembers that. Is that safe to say? That's it, it, It's crazy. It's so true. There's such a parallel between the golf and the curling and the memory. And the, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you remember the bad shots, too. So 1992, again, my first briar, there was a game that you were playing. I can't remember who, but I was there. Actually, I was in the patch, but I'll get to that in a second. So <laughs> you were curling, and I can't remember who it was against because you were with your brother and everything like that. But you leaned over and a cough drop fell out of your pocket. And it <laughs> stuck to the ice, correct? And it burned the rock? Is that how that uh, went? It's possible. I, I actually don't remember that, but I certainly had cough drops because I never had a voice when I right. when I uh, when I curled out west. It was so damn dry and uh, probably <laughs> self inflicted too. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of. I think that's sort of happened. And, and at the, in those days, you didn't have to. If you wanted to shake after a few ends or like six or seven, you just did. But sure. Yeah, and, and you remember Kevin Waugh, obviously, right? Yep. And now Kevin Waugh is a member of parliament for Saskatoon Grasswood. Yep. We were in the patch, and he had to race over from the patch and head to the Agridome back in the day. And by that time, you were long gone. You were in the dressing room, and he had to haul you out of the room to get a comment from you. And you, he just said, hey, Russ, what happened? I was in the patch. And uh, <laughs> I don't think those that doesn't fly anymore with the media, but that's how it went back in the day. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Oh. Yeah, it was a- a little bit more relaxed back then. A little more relaxed. So, uh, man, just uh, with this year's Briar Field, we say it every every year, it seems, Russ, that it's one of the best we've ever seen. But, I mean, really, I don't even know of a team that's not there that you would go, I wish that team was here. What, what do you make of what, uh, what we're going to see here starting tonight in Regina? Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, with the new system, you got Team Canada and you got three wildcard teams. So you get the three best teams on tour. So there's four legends of the game are already there uh you know Gucci being the defending champion then you, you sprinkle in the, the top three and then you basically you have the very best arguably from each province the only the only one i could you, you made me think there may be northern ontario uh tanner horgan was upset uh but the team that uh Bonnet, uh that won um they're good too so mm-hmm. yeah it's unbelievable you couldn't you couldn't script it any better Wow. Hey, Russ, uh, Eddie Steele here. So I played uh, a couple of years for the Riders uh, at the tail end of my career in the CFL. Uh, you spent most of your years curling out of Regina. What was it like? Because I know Saskatchewan and Regina, uh, more notably, uh, passionate, right, for their curling, for the Riders, as we know. Uh, such a passionate crowd, and they really flock as fans. What was it like for you as a curler uh, just to experience that? Well, you know, my, most of my career is in Ontario. In the last maybe third, I was in New Brunswick. And I was lucky enough to get the 14 briars. So every time you, you looked at where the briar was going to be, and it was, you know, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, you went, that's the one I want to get to. It's just a religion out here, and especially, I think, here. And as you say, the riders, we don't have an NHL team, and, you know, we don't have a NBA team. And, um, I, I was shocked the first couple of times I went to Ryder games and how uh, passionate the uh, the green and white are, and, and, and it's the same in curling. And what's really cool as an athlete, not necessarily a broadcaster, but as an athlete, when you'd come off the ice, just like you talked about with the cough drops, you somebody would come up to you and say, <laughs> uh, 
why'd you play that intern in the fifth end? Why didn't you play the hit? You know, like, it, like they're so knowledgeable and, you know, we're not a mainstream sport. So it was kind of cool for me as an athlete to get that type of recognition and uh, the knowledge of the fans. And, and when you think about the bar, you think about the riders, if, mm-hmm. if the riders played in somebody's backyard with three people watching, it just wouldn't be the same. And um, we're going to get packed houses here and more importantly, knowledgeable crowds. Yeah. Uh, Russ Howard, our guest, Kevin Carey, Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. So just talking about that 92 Briar in Regina, in Regina, uh, Glenn was with you on that team, and now Glenn's yeah. still going to be in Regina this weekend. you got to be going, wow, you know, I curled a long time. Glenn's curling a long time. This, I mean, it, it just it runs hand in hand. You guys, you know, in the Howard family, and, and Scott's there. you just got to be tickled pink to see this. Oh, it's awesome. And Scotty's uh, blossomed into a world-class player just in front of us. And it it, it, I, it, it, it takes me back a little bit because, you know, I moved out of Ontario in 1998 and Scotty was just a little tyke running around. And I remember him uh, in 05, 06, we uh, had a secret training camp in Midland, Ontario, Penetang, uh, mm-hmm. with the Gushu rank on our way to Italy for the Olympics. We flew from Vancouver with nobody knowing and stayed at my mom's cottage and through rocks for a couple of days and the only guy in that building watching was Scotty and he I want to say he was about 15 and you know he was he was your typical 15 year old club curler kind of thing now he's a world class skip at the briar for the first time and it's pretty cool to see so we've had uh, Jeff Walker and actually Laura in as well in the studio here, Russ, and talking about how, you know, their journey and how it's tough to do it with family and, and balance and juggle. And, of course, Jeff is the lead for, for Brad Gushu, who you obviously know quite well. But just your thoughts on how Brad and even like Mark Nichols, too. So 20 years ago when you were just starting to get involved with Brad and uh, Mark heading into the 2006 Olympics, to see them continue at this level for you know the last 20 years that that is simply amazing in itself it, it really is because he, he he did it in reverse most of us you know glenn and i for instance we worked our way up club curling uh you know provincials uh, somehow got to the briar didn't do well in my first briar had glenn on my team in the second briar came second you know you kind of worked your way through the ranks every time we came second the next year we won um Brad kind of walked on the scene and uh, became Olympic gold medalist, just kind of like that. And uh, you'd think that would take the starch out of his uh, desire to play, but not at all. He's, he's one of the most prepared athletes I've ever seen. Um, Mark Nichols is arguably the nicest curler that you'll ever curl against. And he does so many things on and off the ice behind the scenes that nobody knows about to keep that team ticking. And, uh, besides the fact he curls 92% of the big games and it, it, uh, it's, it's quite a squad and somebody, uh, you know, botchers, botchers had a better year. Uh, but until the briar is over, uh, the defending champions, Brad Gushu. Mm-hmm. Hey Russ, what are the winnings like for winning the briar? It's now it's phenomenal. I, I, I think you get a hundred and a little over a hundred grand, something like that, but you're also carded for two years. Yeah. And when I was carded for two years with get the Gushu rank, um, it was something like uh, $27,000 spread over uh, 24 months. Uh, and that was a long time ago. So I, I, I apologize. I don't know the exact amounts, mm-hmm. but it's it's substantial for a curler. Uh, Russ Howard with us on Sports 1440. I see that uh, an old uh, an old foe and, and friend of yours, Al Hackner, is coaching uh, the, the uh, Northern Ontario entry. <laughs> the ice man and yeah. uh we, we we brought that up at the scotties i got looking at the, yeah. the bios and 
you had Glenn Howard, Reed Crothers, uh, Kevin Cooey, and then, you know, Colleen Jones. So we made a board, TSN made a board of all the uh, the coaches, and it's it's something I bitched about for years. We, we used to have this system where you have to go through all these hoops to become a coach at the national level. Uh, in 2009, I was asked to coach at the Swiss National Championship, mm-hmm. And I said, well, look, I don't have all my levels. And the, the Ralph Stockley said, but just you, all you need is a plane ticket to get here and you can coach us. And, you know, so we've a lot of the other countries have had the uh, expertise of some of the top Canadian legends that could coach. And I like that. And I'm so glad that's changed because uh, we had an unbelievable, we had a boatload of world-class players coaching at the Scotties. Mm-hmm. And uh, Al Hackner's another one. Uh, Russ Howard with us on uh, Sports 1440. I just wanted to touch back on, on your 2006 Olympic uh, gold medal in Turin with with Brad Gushu. Um, how you kind of, you know, that, just that process, the, the year or two before and then getting there and then realizing that dream come true kind of thing. Yeah, it was really a Disney moment, to be honest with you. I, uh, I um, was the honorary chairman at the 2000 uh, Canadian junior and Brad missed his last shot in an extra end to lose to BC. And he broke down in tears, you know, the kids, I don't know, 18 years old. And I had not ever met Brad, but because I was on a retirement, I was there watching. And I ran down the other end of the building as everybody cleared out. He's at the far end with his hands on his head. And we had, we had a little bit of a talk back and forth. And I said a couple of stupid things that popped into my head and um, it just never thought anything of it. Next thing you know, Fast forward to 2005, I get the phone call to be their on-ice coach. Um, I did that for a couple of weeks, and they, they were struggling uh, in the Western Bondsfields prior to the trials in Halifax in 05. And four days before the Halifax trials, they I got a phone call. I'm in uh, Quebec in the Bondsfield, and they asked me to play. Four days before. <laughs> and our first game was against a guy named Glenn Howard. And um, we snuck past him, and the rest is history. We beat uh, we uh, probably the best field I've ever played in in my life. And next thing we're going, we're going uh, first big event I played with those guys, and we're going to Torino. Mm-hmm. Hey Russ, I mean this from a, a really uh, respectful, cool standpoint. Are you still the oldest person to win a gold for Canada in curling? In any, I, in I, any, I, or in any I, event? I believe so. Um, I think in the Summer Olympics, and I forgot the gentleman's name. He's he's a legend in uh, in the uh, horse um, jumping uh, category. Uh, uh, Eric Lamaze, maybe. Ian Miller, Ian, Ian Miller, Miller, yeah, yeah, Ian Miller, yeah. Ian, I believe in the Summer Olympics. I think he was older, but my retort is yes. But his horse was only three, so <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> oh boy! But I think Winter Olympics, yes. Um, we got getting some um, text coming into our text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. The nineteen ninety nine uh, Briar here in Edmonton, uh, Kenny Hunka, you know, passed away just recently. Uh, one of the best guys ever, too. But uh, you were with the with New Brunswick at that time. And what was that like? Your experience here for just that Briar in particular, Russ. Well, same thing again, you know, the Alberta Briar. Um, I, I was lucky enough, I think I played in three in Calgary. Uh, my first one, I won't even tell you when that was, the 80. Um, but uh, we were in the big barn, eh? We were, I think we were at the, uh, where, the where the Oilers play, I yeah. think. So, yeah, it was or, at no, Sky, well, back then it was Skyreach Center. That's what it was. Skyreach, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, but huge, huge crowds, again, knowledgeable 
um, it, it, it's just different uh, when it's out west like that, and uh, you, you you have all the top teams. Uh, the other thing I would stood out to that one, it might have been the best ice surface I'd ever been on. Mm-hmm. You could just make shots, and you know you've got fourteen thousand people, you've got national TSN coverage, you've got uh, you're playing. I don't know, uh, you know, Randy Furby. You, you, you want to put your best foot forward, and if the ice conditions are good, you, you know, you just feel that much better about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you guys were 7-4, and four, and Paul Fleming was 7-4 and four as well. Uh, Stout and Hemmings. Oh, and hey, how about the gentle giant, uh, Gerald Shimko? I remember that. Wasn't he great? Oh, he was a just he could just a great guy. I think he knocked us out of the event, I want to say, in that, oh. that prior. I, I think we lost to him in the... Uh, quarterfinals something yeah. like that I, i've known shimmer since i was like 10 years old he was a great great fastball player uh, man he was just just so talented in in in, in all sports so um yeah and the touch for such a big man oh, the touch he had. yeah amazing. he was truly amazing uh, got a couple uh texts just want to share with you russ uh, this comes from mike russ is such an absolute beauty Briar in Edmonton, sitting in the upper level with college friends, we ended up sitting beside Grant Odishaw's wife uh, during Saturday when they weren't playing. She brought Russ up and he sat and visited us with, with us the whole game. Such an awesome memory. That's from Mike. Um, oh, that's awesome. And that, that's a neat thing, Eileen Odishaw. There, Grant's my best friend. Yeah. Uh, he's still in New Brunswick. I'm not. But, uh, and it, side note, he, he got me to be a Ryder fan before I <laughs> got close to moving out here. I've been yeah. cheering for the Ryders forever because of Grant. Um, they that's that's the neat thing about our sport uh mm-hmm. the the athletes are accessible and they want to be accessible we're just normal people too yeah 99 uh, of us have day jobs and um you know it's it's neat to uh mingle with the knowledgeable crowds mm-hmm. how many years you've been living in regina now rust you wanted to get closer to the kids and things like that right five yeah five years okay uh one more text uh growing and this is good and bad i guess sort of uh from jordan growing up my baba loved russ so much i'm pretty sure she thought she was married to him when she ended up having dementia so there there you go russ so a good a little good and bad but i'm i mean jordan sharing it with us in, in a good good way uh just no, back for sure. yeah back to this year's uh field and and I'm, I'm assuming you're going with the usual suspects to get there when the, the bullets start flying uh, next Sunday in the in the semifinals and finals. Yeah, for sure. You know, you you, you there will be the, the interesting thing here is the two pools, and you've only got three teams that make it. So if you you look at both pools, I would arguably say there's four great teams in each pool, and there's some suspects like you know Grattan and BC and Quebec and Nova Scotia that can knock people off, but if you look at the standings or the rankings, the top four in each pool are really good. Well, guess what? At least one of those teams isn't making the playoffs. Yeah. And it really could be anybody. You, you pick on Gushu, he's got to play Cooey. He's got to play the host Saskatchewan, McEwen. Uh, Shlomsky from Alberta has played, had a phenomenal year. You know, he loses a couple of those and he's fourth place. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's that fast. But if the regular suspects get there, they're the ones that kind of raise that level, that 2% when they have to, when some teams that don't have the experience at the playoff level maybe drop by that 2%. So you, you have to look at Brendan Botcher, Gushu, Cooey. Dunstone's been off a little bit, but they're a great team. You know, th- those are those are probably the big four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if uh, and Mike McEwen, third straight year under three different provinces, that's never been done uh, before. If he if he could pull this out, Russ, he could uh, he could run for premier because they haven't won obviously since 1980, and Ricky Folk did it. Uh, so that would be a big big thing. Uh, yeah, it really would, they're, yeah. and they're capable. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the Marsh guys are just as good of a front end as anyone, and Colton Flash, we can, we know what he can do. So. 
Colton yep. can change an end around with one hit that takes out seven rocks. Yeah. And away you go. Yeah, that's power right there. Russ, can't thank you enough. And um, I'm going to talk to my buddy Kevin Waugh about that uh, that night in 1992 when that cough drop fell out. And he had <laughs> he had no clue about it. So appreciate going down memory lane and uh, look forward to this. I feel bad you got to hang around with Muddy for, uh, for 10 days. But other than that, it should be okay. That's the hardest part about my job <laughs> is trying to keep up to that guy. Yeah. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate it, man. You bet. All right, that's Russ Howard. Uh, he'll be on the microphone, on the tube for the next 10 days, couple draws a day on TSN. Looking forward to the, well, it's now the Montana's, Briar. Uh, that's our headliner of the day. Brought to you by Mr. Rooter Plumbing, the number one overall pick in your fantasy plumbing pool. That's Mr. Rooter. Dot CA. When we come back, are you in or are you out? And... Justin Lawrence has just entered the studio. We'll have him at 9 o'clock. Maybe he's going to come in with an in or out, too. Who knows? Uh, that's coming up. Kevin Carey's Eddie Steele, Sports 1440. Stay with us. Whoops, Duke I, uh, Duke, I took a big chunk of this cheese scone from Bonton. I might need you to roll the in or out intro here quick. <laughs> the cardinal sin. Uh-oh. The cardinal, you might as well run to yeah, the microphone ahead. here, Kevin. Yeah, get the in or out intro, Duke, so I can get some water down and <laughs> choke this scone down. <laughs> Okay, okay, you know what? Moving too fast. Bottom line, are you in or are you out? In or out of what? No time for questions, just action. In or out. Well, then I'm out. I'm sorry, Jet. Actually, you're already in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I thought you would go, I'm in, Bob. We would have had a really cool moment, but uh, you kind of ruined the whole thing. All right, Duke. A lot of preparation went into this one, eh? Oh yeah, well I, I mean, hey, no, uh, no Oilers game, so I had a very relaxing evening just checking in all the this other action thinker. from uh, from around the league. So, uh, starting off, uh, we're gonna have Kevin Radomski in studio here coming oh, up in the nine o'clock hour to uh, chat about tomorrow's big Ghostbusters game at Rogers Place uh, for the Oil Kings. Myself, Connor Halley, and I think Declan and Donovan, the intern, all gonna be in attendance. Uh, we'll get some details. Uh, you can join us there in our specific section to take in that game. But in the theory and uh, the spirit of Ghostbusters, nobody has haunted the Edmonton Oilers more than the Dallas Stars over the past 30 years. You want me to lead off here, Eddie? Yeah, yeah, you lead. Uh, I'd like well, to hear where you go with this. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to go in because I'm the old guy here. And when you go back to, you know, after Todd Marchand scored that goal in 1997 and after Cujo, Stone, Joe Neuendijk and Marchand scores and the Oilers go on to play Colorado that year but have nothing left in the tank, yes, it is Dallas because... It was the salary cap, non-salary cap era. Dallas had so many great teams. The Oilers under Ronnie Lowe tried their hardest and played as hard as any Oiler team you'll ever see. And that's that was a new, and we talked about this earlier, that was a new age of Oiler fans because every... All the Oilers fans were spoiled because of the five cups, but those teams from 97 to, you know, into the early 2000s, no one tried harder than those Oilers teams. So, But Dallas was damn good. They had some great teams. Obviously, won the Cup in uh, 99 with the goals. Brett Hall in the crease, yada, yada. But mm-hmm. yes, that is uh, no team has haunted the Oilers like Dallas in the last 30 years. Okay. And I'm going to go out because he didn't say no team. He said nobody. And I'm going to go recency bias. You got the history on me there with Dallas. And I know Dallas always gives the Oilers fits. But recency, uh, I'm going to say Peter Shirelli. He he has haunted the Oilers more than anybody the past 30 years. Love it. That's outstanding. Yes. 
That's a terrific answer. And, that, and I, I'll be honest, I was kind of hoping uh, you might, uh, you know, go off the beaten path and get a little creative with your answer <laughs> because I left it intentionally wow. ambiguous. I love that, Eddie. That's mm. and that's doing a little research, mm-hmm. you know, going. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pete, get creative. Pete, Pete, Pete. Now he's in St. Louis. Yeah. Really? Assistant GM, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Good for Pete. Uh, number two, U of A. Three teams in playoff action this weekend, uh, both volleyball squads and the Pandas hockey team. Um, Golden Bears volleyball at home at the Savile Center this weekend, taking on UBC Thunderbirds games tonight at 7, tomorrow, and if necessary, 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon for the decider. I'm going to be a positive Nelly. we got a U of A alum joining us in studio yeah. right after the top of the hour as well. As a former student myself, go Bears, go Pandas. All three teams are going to emerge victorious this weekend. Well, go ahead, Eddie. I'm, I'm in. in. Okay. I'm in. Go Bears, go Pandas. Is that only because <laughs> none of them are playing uh, the Bisons? Well, if they were playing the Bisons, man, you wouldn't even bring up the, such a dastardly question. I feel bad that Justin Lawrence is in uh, the studio here. He'll be with us at the top of the hour. But unfortunately, I'm out on this. I think there'll only be one out of three, and that'll be Bears volleyball. Unfortunately, I think uh, both the Pandas and Pandas Volleyball are just going to come up a little bit short. Wish them all the best, but the only team I see winning this weekend is Bears Volleyball. Yeah, both uh, both Pandas uh, Volleyball and P-Bears Hockey are the underdogs in their respective series uh, going up against the, the best teams in Can West. So <laughs> wishing them uh, wishing them the best, but... Uh, is it the Can West Finals in uh, their respective se- sports? Semi-finals yeah. for both Volleyball okay. uh, Volleyball Series, but the Pandas, this is Can West Final uh, okay. out in UBC this weekend. So the see if... Uh, uh, UBC probably trying to, you know, dash U of A hopes two weekends in a row after ousting Golden Bears hockey last weekend as well. Fingers crossed for uh, for Darren Belachuk and the entire Pandas team out in BC. Number three, PWHL draft order rules were released this week, uh, announcing that after being eliminated, the best or most points accumulated following that point will have the first overall selection in the PWHL draft. I'm saying all other, uh, the four major North American leagues should adopt some sort of rule to uh, to try and deter tanking similar to the PWHL. Go ahead, Eddie. I, I mean. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. I, teams don't say that they tank, but let's keep it real. There is tanking that goes on. You see the roster moves of some teams that uh, their fate has been determined early on in seasons in any sport. Uh, and it doesn't have to be blatant tanking, but you can see the roster moves or inactivity of roster moves. And you can tell teams are pretty much mailing it in, kind of like mm-hmm. me on this Friday. Well, we're going to go four for four here, or so three for three so far. I'm sure there'll be a four for four coming up. But uh, no, I'm out on this one. So uh, with six teams here, I mean, and all the teams are so close right now. And I don't think you, you can compare it to what we're seeing in the other four sports. There is a system in place already. It's called the draft lottery. So I'm fine the way it is. So I'm out on this one. I'm not saying the system's got to be the same as the PWHL is implementing, but something more than just a lottery where the odds are still so much in the favor of whomever finishes last. Like, I, this is this is way out there, but particularly <laughs> in the NBA, like they have the season in the like in-season tournament now. All the teams that don't make the playoffs, make them play a little end-of-season tournament and, you know, gives them some, A, extra entertainment, extra revenue, and B, who like gives the players something to play for that, you know, if their team wins, they're going to secure the top pick for the next uh, the next season. The only thing, though, is the players could care less about the draft. Yeah. That'd be the GM. Yeah. Players want a check. But, like, pl- players that are coming back. <laughs> they want the check. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel you, Duke. I'm with you. I'm with you, I'm with you on that. just something like that. And hey, like, man, I was in on it. I was and, in. And what, like, the NFL, this is, the, this is even more unlikely because once the season's over, everybody's so banged up and stuff. 
stuff, they're they're out. Like if they're not in the playoffs, see you uh, next August or whatever. But it, um, yeah, just something to keep people in the mix more. Like look at look at the Chicago Blackhawks right now. They have four NHL players on the entire roster. And that's an exaggeration, but for the sake of argument. Uh, number four, Caitlin Clark declaring for the WNBA draft yesterday. There's been some good ones uh, in recent years, including Sabrina Ionescu. Uh, but I think with what we've seen from Caitlin Clark at Iowa, she's the best prospect to come her out of and ever come out of NCAA women's hoops. Probably got to go in on this one, Duke. I would say just the hype and everything else. And uh, boy, wasn't that a big thing? The... Uh what do they call it the uh, when they rush on the court? There's a terminology for it. What's it called? Court storming. Court storming. And she got she got what, she got, she got uh, hurt her, knocked hurt her wrist a little? a little bit. I'll call dive on that one. Do you? I, I think she flopped. Oh yeah, come on, of, dude. Come on, man. And I like her, but there was a bit of floppage. Really? Embellishment. Okay. Oh come on, you guys. I've been known to do. Come it on. Um, yeah, I would just go. Yes, I mean, I get Rebecca Lobo's up there too. I don't know. Is she? I one of the top players well, there. I don't know. Um, who else? Miller. Cheryl, Cheryl Miller. Yeah, she's she was a dog. But uh, I'm going to go uh, in uh, to the question, uh, and I'm going to take it even a step further. I'm going to say she's one of the best prospects to ever come out of the NCAA, any sport, any hmm. sport, not just basketball, and I'm talking men's, women's sports too. Wow. What, well, A, you look at what she's doing. She's about to be the all-time points leader in college hoops, men's and women's. She's a 17-point shy of Pete uh, Maravich, or however mm-hmm. you pronounce his last name. Marinovich, yeah. And um, she is selling out arenas. Like, she is the biggest name in college basketball, men or women. Like, people want to go and see Caitlin Clark. They're not going to see uh, any, you know, first-round prospect on Kentucky, Duke, NC, or North Carolina. They're going to see Caitlin Clark. So she is right now the face of NC2A, yep. uh, basketball at least. And I'm going to say she's one of the biggest college prospects in any sport to come out. Well, we're on the same page there, Eddie. We're on the same page, big fella. Boom. <laughs> All righty. And last but certainly not least, uh, this day, 1973, Pink Floyd releasing Dark Side of the Moon. And uh, just keeping it nice and simple, the Famous image of the the prism, prism. and the spreading the light into the rainbow. Uh, top three album cover of all time. Do you want, uh, first of all, Duke, I didn't even know that you knew what an album cover was. Oh, hey man, I'm. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm in because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Uh, really, you're just in like that? Yeah, I, so man, top I three. don't know like that. I, don't I'm know. I, I, I give some. I give a little bit of leeway here because people have their personal preference. But even if like you're not familiar with. Maybe if you don't even know a single song off the album, yeah. uh, maybe save the title track. But it's like that; Im- it's on in on posters and college rooms across mm-hmm. the the world, and like you don't even know what it is. It's just a cool image, so it's kind of like captured the imagination and the hearts of people, even if they're not Pink Floyd fans. Which is the one with the baby on Nirvana? The Nirvana. See, yeah, they got into some that, trouble for that that's, one, though. That's yeah. what I know, and that's it. I don't know anything. Now there was another one that was really good, and is it Blink One Eighty Two? Blink that that is a band. Yeah, Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, what's the, and their cover? Their album cover is called. Uh, well, they we, got more than one album. I get it, but <laughs> there was a nurse on it. Oh, oh there you yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulling the glove. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah and yeah, it was yeah, uh, yeah something yeah. to do with the. Yeah, we'll figure that one out. I know what you're talking. That I'll was go right with my that high one. school. Prime. And then you know what? Every time we go for a coffee here, or you go for a water, Eddie. Uh, when you go over there. I mean, how could you, you see the album covers? Because we're obviously in CFCW, you got K97, there's tons of stuff. Every time I go over for a water, my eyes just drift 
to Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Yeah. Over there, and I, I, I see Kenny at the table. I know so what you mean. I, I'm going to be out on this one because I just think there's a whole bunch more. Did you find the Nirvana one? Uh, sorry, the uh, the uh, Blink 182 one. Yes. People are texting in already. Enema of the state. And there it is. Yes. Enema of the state. Blink 182. At and the deer sends it in already. Yeah, that's a pretty cool one. I mean, it's uh, at man goes fifty cent. Get rich or die trying. Mm-hmm. That cool one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's going to be lots of these ones coming in. Why are you pointing at me, Kevin? Because <laughs> you were talking about me. With the, right. Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> Get out of Compton. Straight out of Compton, man. There you go. That's a great one. Yes, there's yeah, another I'm one. Just messing with you. Yeah. Uh, sold hey, you out. You know what? We got Justin Lawrence here, but and Eddie, you're blasting off because it's date weekend for Eddie. I'm going to wheel your mic over here, Justin, just a second. There you go. Uh, because Eddie, I'm going to, you know, Eddie, I'm sure... Eddie wanted to have Justin on when he was here, obviously, two great CFL players, great cup champions. We got there's four championship rings in the studio here. You got how many? Three. Golly. Three and one. Crazy. Man. Duke and I zero. Mm, mm, not even in so not, far. Not even for the tropics. Duke's rec hockey. Yeah, team. They, they won the league a couple of years ago, but I wasn't on. I was yeah. back at the farm when they won without me. Now I'm just a detriment yeah. to the roster. Yeah. So, so while we got him here, yeah, I wanted to you. Jump to, in, I wanted. Yeah, that's why I, the last couple of minutes here. So I'm giving you this couple of minutes, Eddie, to talk to Justin. Question. Out of the three, which is most special? Uh, by far, had to be this year. Um, I know it's the most recent one, but. Uh, uh, as you guys know, covering the CFL, we went into the season and we were kind of like basically a team that was built pieces from other teams and stuff like that. Beginning of the season, power rankings come out. Who's you were doggy nine? doo-doo. Everybody thought. Doggy yeah. doo-doo. Yeah. Rebuild. You know, these guys are in shambles. No ownership going into the season. Cody Fajardo can't win. Yeah. Uh, that was me. <laughs> I so said that. He got kicked out of SAS. You know, Coach Moss got pushed out of SAS. You mm-hmm. know, it was like almost like a team of misfits going to Montreal. And, you know, Sino's power rank is the beginning of the year being like, all right, Montreal's going to be number nine. Worst team yeah. in the CFL. Rebuild. It's going to be a tough year for those guys. Man, did we catch stride at the right time <laughs> at the end of the year? Yes, you did. And that's all that really matters. People underestimate it, man. You, you, you put a good core of guys in, a good coaching staff that pushes guys to get close to each other. Mm. We hit our stride. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, the Grey Cup was super special, but that East Final was special. And, yeah. you know, for me, as an offensive guy, Defense played one hell of a yeah, game in that sure East did. Final, man. man. Didn't they? I, we, you know, we honestly we didn't really do too much on offense. We we had to do what we had to do. Exactly. But every time we were off the field, I was like, "Damn!" And they, it was the vaunted Toronto offense, right? Running gun, Chad Kelly, and defense. Just how many picks did he throw? Oh, wasn't it like four, three, three or four, yeah, man? Yeah. Wow. Honestly, I wasn't even worried if I was on the field or not because I think defense was going to get a touchdown every single play. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was crazy, man. And, you know, we went to that game. And they were like, man, this might be the greatest CFL team of all time. And defense played one hell of a game. And Do you realize how rare and special it is to have three great cup rings? Man, I, I'm telling you, everyone, you know, everyone says it like, you know, you, you're so lucky and all this. I'm like, I'm beyond grateful because – I was just happy enough to get a chance in the CFL. And, you know, the first year I made it on Calgary's roster, I was just pumped to be there. Yes. Um, so for me to be at where I am right now, I don't take it for granted whatsoever. It's um, This has been a dream of mine since I was a little kid. So, of course, it's I'm just enjoying the moment, man. 
Amen, brother. Eddie's taking all my questions, man. Yeah. <laughs> you can, I'll tell you what, Eddie, you can stay here for another half hour if you want. Yeah. Steph might not be too happy, but... I'll invoice Greg's. <laughs> well, you know, Eddie's, it's date weekend for Eddie. Uh, Eddie's and his wife are going to JPL right right now. Right now, hitting Ooh, the highway. That. Yes, sir. First, I keep bragging about it. First weekend away without kids in our marriage, in our existence. Wow. Happy can't wife, wait. happy life. Hey, yeah. can't wait. Someone just texted in and Eddie, they said, uh, it shouldn't be that. It should be happy spouse, happy house. Oh, I mean, you got to go. keep it correct. That's right. Got to keep right. it correct. Thanks, partner. Have a great weekend. Uh, Duke and I will probably phone you every hour or so, see how, just to check in, make sure things are going hey, Eddie, okay. Eddie, uh, you trying that trail yet? <laughs> make, sure, make sure you're staying hydrated. Uh, have a great weekend, big guy. You and Steph deserve it. Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks fellas. Take care. That's our co-host, Eddie Steele, every Friday from 7 to 9, of course, brought to you by Bonton Bakery. Bonton Bakery, you know, it's been an Edmonton fan favorite since it opened in 1956. Their slow and steady approach is a tradition that they are proud of, and it shows in all their products. Order online at bonton.ca. And once again, thanks to Edgar for bringing in a whole whack of stuff uh, this morning. Top of the hour, we will check in. Well, we've already checked in with him. But uh, three-time Great Cup champion Justin Lawrence is in the studio. We will talk with uh, Justin about his journey from Spruce Grove High to a three-time Grey Cup champion. First up, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Tommy Guns. Our unique lounges and casual setting makes it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada, hands down. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is the Duke.